0: Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, and wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dr. Norman White, known as Norm who wishes to interrupt the prison pipeline. He proposes that efforts to address youth violence must be community-centered, working with grassroots organizations and stakeholders to build coalitions for change. Hello, Norm. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Miss. How are you? Well, you know, we were talking earlier about this whole idea of being proactive, and you were saying that... Um, You know, a lot of people want you to work with the high school, the high schoolers, but you're going to the elementary schools. Tell us why.
1: Well, the trajectories the kids follow um, into delinquency and violence begin a lot earlier than the moment when they are doing that behavior. Right. Um, And if we can alter them, if we can interrupt the pattern early, we might be able to reduce violence in the long run. For me it's about making sustainable changes for the long term as opposed to putting band-aids on problems in the moment.
0: I love it. And that, oh, and it, and that's oh. how it's going to actually change. That's how the yes. change will happen. So what does that look like in your world? Do you approach them? Do they approach you? How where did this all begin?
1: So this work that I'm doing this the shut it down pro- project was initiated by Judges Mason and Edwards from the Family Court in the city of St. Louis. And oh. their concern began with there were too many African-American kids coming before them in the court and wanted to understand how to, to, to deal, how to change that pattern. The belief was that there's some implicit bias going on on the part of people that are referring kids, whether it's police or teachers or others that are sending them to the court right um so it began as a racial equity project my point to them was that the court is the last place to look it's the, the last stop on the train right. so to speak and that if you really want to change the pattern what you need to do is go back to the to the yard <laughs> so that, you know sure. um and begin to to alter the trajectories in the beginning of kids school careers and in in the kind of in the community where they're beginning at um so we talked about it a lot. We had some work, people from the Haas Institute at Cal Berkeley um, who were doing racial equity work there. And, and we kind of tried to decide where we would be mm-hmm. and where was the best place to intervene. And we talked about being in schools. I'm a developmental criminologist and as a developmental criminologist, the research that I see says that if you can get into the kids' lives and interrupt the patterns, you can do better. You can do. You can be more successful. I suggested elementary schools. the the, the nice thing about it, and, I, and this is an important thing that happened. So we're writing a proposal to go into elementary schools. Post Dispatch puts out a headline that says the there was a study done by the UCLA that said that African American kids in the state of Missouri would be suspended at the highest rate in the nation. Really. So this is one headline. This is the first headline. Right. It comes out the following week. A headline comes out. The UCLA report says that the city of St. Louis is suspending African-American children at the highest rate in elementary schools from pre-K through forward. Right. It it kind of cinched the deal. You know, it, they they saw that in, uh, and the decision to fund us was not really a, a difficult one to make. That right. we needed to be in elementary schools and try and help kids.
0: Wow. So... Do you um when you say you go into elementary schools, are you um, are there kids that you are specifically going to work with? Or are you working with all the kids?
1: We're actually not working with the kids, ok. So the idea is to help the teachers to understand how race matters mm-hmm. in the lives of the children that they're working with. We've talked with them about what about racial equity and and how race has played itself in this country. Out, out, out in this country, but also how that's related to trauma um, and the trauma in kids' lives and what that means as kids come in to right. um, schools. We've we've kind of captured a, a notion that we, uh, my, my partner and I in this project, have been saying that we're about climate change, that like climate it. change exists. Um, it's not the one that people keep denying, but if we can change the climate of the schools... Right we can cha- make them places where teachers can teach and kids can learn.
0: Which is so important. And so yeah. I can totally see where a teacher is going to need to be educated on what signs to look for that say, you know, and some signs are amb- obvious, mm. but I would imagine some are not. Are there some some signs that you're, that you're thinking you know, that you want to say to mm. them, you know, be on the lookout for? What kind of guidance do you give these educators?
1: We are um, trying to get them to be aware of, Kind of kids' moods, okay. you know, in terms of how they appear, how they present themselves when they come into schools. Um, the indicators of trauma in terms of depression. Right. Maybe their sensitivity that they're not approachable, maybe in, in some circumstances, where if a teacher goes and touches a kid and they, and they have a jump reaction, it may be that there's something that's going on that's making them feel threatened by that, by right. that action. Wow. Um, oh,
0: it's so sad. It's so real. And the idea being that, and, and, I, and we know this, traumatized children are going to grow up and traumatize. That's the world they know. Mm-hmm. So it's teaching them how to approach the world in a different way. And, mm-hmm. and that goes into some very deep places. I mean, are there therapists involved? or?
1: So right now we're in the process of, of looking for coaches, Mm -hmm. to to assign to the buildings we're in. We're in seven elementary schools. We are, I I think within the next two weeks, we will have hired the the coaches that will be there. They will provide teachers with consultation around behavior, around specific situations, and then even do some kind of role play and scenarios that they can think about and, and bring into their classrooms. We don't have them in the classrooms at this moment, and we're working on trying to even move to that place.
0: Are there and then you talk about this being a community effort as yes. well. And it seems to me, you know, I, I've talked before about how my daughter is in competitive cheer and that can be rather expensive, but in my mind it's it's well it's keeping her quite busy. She doesn't have time to think of other things to do, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. this is—it's good to get them involved, but if you're if you're in a community with perhaps maybe you know we got the s- single mothers, you have people that are working two jobs at a time, and and you know the kids are kind of fending for themselves a lot. Is part of the effort going to be providing these kids something to do when they're not in
1: school? At this moment, we haven't we're not we haven't looked at that. From a community standpoint, though, there's a lot of resources in this community. So one of the things we're trying to do is uh, is to work to identify the resources that are available for the schools themselves and in the commun- neighborhoods around them. Right. We are working with a group uh, in this in city government that are looking to do racial equity work in terms of how they allocate resources to neighborhoods
0: Oh, great. and to do
1: that around the seven schools that we're in. So the seven schools have, I'd say, 14 neighborhoods that they serve. And if we can begin to work in partnership to enhance those spaces, that we will have made a, a big change, a significant change.
0: That's a great idea. And, you know, and it is true because a lot of the resources that are available in communities those resources don't have marketing budgets, so it's really right. they, and they kind of operate in their own silos. So even just getting those community organizations and entities to know that each other exists, what services do they mm-hmm. provide? That in and of itself can make a huge difference. Right. Um, you know, it, it's that whole knowledge of what's out there.
1: That's right. And the other thing is that that resources aren't equitably distributed across space. Right. So if you begin to think about ratio uh, about inequity or inequality in a community. There are some places that need a little bit more, and some that may need a little bit less. So to divide the pie equally across the, the entire space is not always the right decision. Right. Uh, so we're trying to get at the, the the members of the city government and to begin to think about how do we create equity so that everybody wins.
0: Exactly. Great information, Norm. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hi, this is Miss Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. And we are back with Mishmash. We are speaking with Dr. Norman White. So, Norm, you are going to be one of our speakers for the TEDx event happening on December 10th.
1: Yes.
0: What is your topic?
1: I'm talking about the school-to-prison pipeline. Um, and the project that I've been doing, the Shut It Down project, and trying to explain why that's important and the context that I work in and what we're going to do to bring change.
0: And so have you along this journey so far, is there anything that has been really surprising to you? Think that you? You learned something you didn't expect to learn or you took it in direction you didn't expect to take it in?
1: In terms of the project itself? Mm-hmm. I think that I've begun to understand better issues around bureaucracy.
0: Yeah, I that's what I was thinking you probably were starting to understand <laughs> I, actually. There's <yeah,
1: laughs> yeah. a lot
0: of different, you know, yes. that that there's a lot of things going on with the entities you have to bring together to make this happen.
1: That's right. The, so the schools the schools are always under pressure. hmm You know, and and I think sometimes not rightfully, uh, they are Challenged on a day-to-day basis to to try and help kids who have lots going on in their lives. They are, and and this is going to be part of my talk. They are immersed in risk.
0: Right. They
1: are, so they they enter school at the beginning of a day, and who knows? Maybe they they were sleeping in a house that wasn't their house. Maybe they didn't have breakfast. Maybe they had there was gunfire in the neighborhood. You name it, and the schools get blamed for their inability to to do to, to keep kids on task. Um, I tell a story about going to one of the schools I work in, not one of these seven, but going to a school a couple of years ago with some of my students. And we were there trying to figure out how do we work in the after-school program at this school. Mm-hmm. The... Maybe I shouldn't tell this story. They have to come to the TED Talk. Oh. oh.
0: Are we revealing too much? I, I wouldn't say. Don't say. You People out there, you are going to have to come to our TEDx event here because we don't want to reveal too much about your talk. We want it to be as original as possible for everybody. So, so talk around the topic. Okay, I'll talk around the topic. <laughs> Here's <So,
1: a> <laughs> so the challenge. So the challenge, what I was saying about children living in risk it's not like, I, as far as I see, they're no longer at risk. They just are in risk. They're surrounded by factors that some of us can't, we couldn't comprehend for the right. most part. Um, I, t- I try to describe, but I do talks on a, at times. It's kind of like traveling through the, through space and This is a strange story, but they're traveling through space. I'm I'm
0: liking it.
1: And if you're traveling in your spaceship and you're going just regularly moving along, you can see all the constellations. You can see the stars. You can see all that there is out there. But if you realize you're late and you have to get someplace in a hurry, you put your ship into warp speed or hyperdrive or Mm -hmm. whatever they call it. And when that happens, what happens? Everything becomes a blur. It's just just light moving by you. And that's what it's like to be living in risk, that there are things in all the areas of a kid's life that are always there, that are putting pressure on. They may not all be noisy at the same time, but they're always there. And that becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge to pay attention in school. It becomes a challenge behaviorally. It becomes a challenge just in functioning.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if you do not know where your next meal is coming from, you don't know uh, where you're going to sleep at night? You, you, you These are the types of things that are that put you in a place of fear, and when you're in a place of fear, you cannot function well. If you're constantly, you know, scanning the horizon for what's going to happen next, I got to watch, I got to be aware, I got to, you know, how in the world can you learn right. your your math tables? You know, so the work that you are doing it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you are gifting these students literally with their brain. You want these students to have their brain at a fully functioning level that they can actually concentrate on learning.
1: I want them to have the right to be children.
0: I love it. That is beautiful. You know what I mean?
1: That we, you know, my kids grew up and there were stresses. Clearly there were stresses in the family, but they had they had a childhood. They got to go to, to the games that we played, and 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 all the different kinds of activities. There were kids who who childhood is is difficult. You know, they're not that they can't rest. They can't. Um, there's a there's a literature that talks about the degree to which having all that risk in a life matters, and that it's having an effect on brain development. It's having an effect on emotional, social, emotional development, and that. That brain development issue is important because what happens is that they, the kids under that much stress they're not able to rest at night when there's a thing called allostatic load that your body should be able to rest. When you lay down at night, your body replenishes itself. Right. But there are kids who are, because of the levels of stress in their life, are functioning while they're sleeping as though they are awake. Their cortisol levels oh, are very gosh. high. Their epinephrine levels are really high. And it's and it's a burden. It's a burden to, to living. Um, I think that I, what I, I'm looking to do is to create childhood.
0: A childhood they deserve. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is beautifully said. Thank you for that. So um, when you talk about having these coaches that you want to eventually have in the classroom, you know, the other thing comes to mind for me is that you're providing them with a mentor. You're providing them with someone that can mentor them. Maybe, um, again, you if you've got parents that are just overwhelmed with what's going on, just trying to get food on the table and what have you. This provides these kids. This coach can kind of step in a bit, if you will, to be, to provide that. Here's what adulthood can look like. Here, I want to mentor you and and be able to have that place where I can pay attention to you. Because, you know, these parents, if they're overwhelmed as well and they're scanning the horizon for what's going to happen next, they are also not fully functioning parents.
1: It's difficult. You know, they, I think that the coaches aren't really helping the kids directly, but the way they're going to help the kids is to help the teachers. I see. And let okay. the teachers become the mentor. that mentor. Let the teachers become responsive in ways that they couldn't be because they're so overwhelmed. Um one of the one of the principals in in the schools that we're in it has made this amazing transformation. So when we first met him a year and a half ago, he talked about how tough he was and he would suspend kids and, and and that sort of thing. And then last year, at the end of the year, we went in to meet with him, and I had a friend in from South Africa, and we are sitting talking to him in his office and and he is he was giddy he he, he was like. And I keep telling people it was like Scrooge on the day after he had v- been visited by oh, the I three three ghosts.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, that he just felt like the, he saw something different in kids and that the kids were doing stuff and then he could laugh about it because he could help them because he could see a different way for them. Right. And... and it was just I you know, I tell him this because I don't want him to me to be talking about behind his back, but it really is just this amazing transformation that he's been liberated to be to allow kids to have their childhood. Right. This and and not punish like.
0: them for every single thing, That's right. you know, which That's right. which we know doesn't always work. Yes, The prison system has proved that.
1: (laughs) Over and over again. (laughs) Over and over again. We need to
0: learn from it. Well, this has been enlightening. Thank you so much for this information. Uh, We are going to take another quick break, and we will be right back with Dr. Norm
1: White. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If
0: you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, for reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thMM.com. That's 636 789 789-1776 or visit 100thm.com. And we are back with Dr. Norm White. So this is the part where I get to ask some questions. Okay. And you know you have free license. Okay. <laughs> so my first Be question creative. is, <laughs> yes, absolutely. We love creative here. If is there a book out there that you feel every educator should read? Ooh. Or 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 a movie or something that that can kind of that you just think is important for them.
1: Hmm. That's I really I love the work of Jonathan Kozol. Okay. Um I fell in love with his work when I was many many years when I was uh, just out of high school. Um when I read a book by him called Death at an Early Age and and he has proceeded to write books across uh, his life course on education in this country and the inequalities of, of education. Um, I think that that's a good starting place, that for teachers, particularly for teachers who may work in inner city schools, that they need to understand a couple of things. The, the stuff that Causal captures is not only the challenges of the kids, but it's the inequality of funding, of the way they respond, how how the schools are resourced. Right. Um, and the challenges that are faced that are, that are outside the scope of what a teacher is responsible for, but has to live with. And I think that those are important. Um,
0: right, having that bigger view of what's going yeah, on here. Yes. Right. That makes a lot of sense. On that, I mean, how does that work? I mean, I know that um, a, a community that we would, consider a rich community that they, mm-hmm. they obviously have nicer schools because their taxes can pay for that. That's do right. you see uh, a place where we could spread the, spread the good? I mean, you, do you think that, am I being so idealistic right now? Well, I probably am. It's but bad <laughs> but I because love-
1: I, I thought, by, as you were saying that, I was thinking back to the last eight years, you know, the, in. 2007, we had this amazing thing happen that a black man decided he was going to become president. Yeah. And as he began to talk and he talked about community and he talked about us working together as a nation and and, and the pushback began immediately that he was a socialist and he wanted to spread the wealth. And, and, and this whole thing that was about he wants to take from your pocket and he only represents the takers in this country and oh uh, yeah so you know I think that the reason our education is the way it is is because cities got abandoned in the right after Brown versus Board of Education there was this flight out of the cities in in significant ways and the the school funding got depleted because there wasn't a lot of money left in in the cities to pay for right. for, for education Um and then you have a continuum. So the more wealthy your community, the the better your school district. And there were lots of little school districts that developed, and which just is it, it's a challenge.
0: It is a challenge. I mean, we forget that we're we're actually all connected. So by helping everyone, that's you know, I don't know that that's socialist. I think that's just called love.
1: You know what. And I'm not very religious, but some there was this guy who many many years ago lived that that many people follow. They that they called Jesus. The, oh the yeah, Christ. I heard, I've heard
0: of and, him. And
1: he was into helping people, and we and lots of people who don't want to share talk about being that. You know that they're that they're the followers, but they don't. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. I agree with you though. It's, 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 you know, help everyone, you know, if if everyone can kind of pool our resources to help each other, it actually would be good for everybody. It actually, in the end, it's good for you. It just is. That's and, right. and there, that, and that's, and that's me being all <laughs> on my soapbox, but it's true; it, it really is.
1: And in the ra- so, the project began as a racial equity project, and and what's been happening around the country is in communities where racial equity work is being done, when there's attention to trying to pay attention to how this matters, how race matters in this community, everybody's boats rising because when you help those communities that are struggling, the rest of the community rises.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I want yeah. to talk about okay. uh, you talk about a continuum continuum of services and resources that span the life course from early childhood into early adulthood, and you describe this continuum continuum of services as representing a resource quilt. So, right now, how many squares are in your quilt? Hmm. I mean, you've got the well. The, the nice and,
1: thing that's there. That, so we start with nine foundations which was really a, a big change when i first talked about the quilt i was thinking of community organizations and and just those organizations being a part of it right and i wasn't thinking about the fact that you needed to have people with money in in the the, the this mix um so we have the nine foundations that have put money behind us we have the court the family court we have the school district we have um, St. Louis University, I'm working with some folks over at WashU, U, so, so it's, it's expanding. There are organizations, there are a number of organizations who have put their hand in and said that they're interested in being a part of this. Um, in terms of the number, I'm not sure, but, but Bridget Flood, who is one of our uh, key foundations, is a quilter. And we're actually talking oh. about beginning to stitch this quilt together.
0: I love um, the idea. I love the. I loved the feel of it. That's why I had yeah. to ask you about it. Yeah, it's a great idea. The quilt. Yeah. I love it.
1: So can I explain why? Oh
0: yes, absolutely. Let's go. So
1: when I was, uh, I grew up in New York, um, in in a housing project. My father was from Savannah, Georgia, and one Christmas we got a a box came from my grandparents down in Savannah, and in this box was this thing, and I didn't know what it was. It was. It had. It was material it had like these patches on it and they and what was interesting they were patches from sausages so they were some were red and some were blue and some were yellow and it was like I don't understand what this is and my sister and I snickered about the fact that we got this thing didn't know what it was and over time I began to understand that it was a thing called a quilt and that this quilt that my grandmother had put together was representative of something really important. It was representative, representative of love. That she had spent the time to put those pieces of material in a box every time she got them. So she washed them, she put them in a box, and then she take, took the time to stitch each one of them together lovingly. Oh. And when she finished that, she sent to us this thing that she thought was a representation of how much she cared about us. Um, so as I've done this work over the years, what I, the reason I talk about a resource quilt is because if we acted out of love among the organizations, if we acted out of caring for the community and the people in this community that could use a hand, not, they don't want handouts, they could just use a hand. Right. Um, how different could we be?
0: That is an amazing and beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love it. I love it. And I'm with you. I'm Am I weird? I'm no. No, you're optimistic. I love it. That I'm all about optimism. Okay. Um, and so with this thought, and, and you know, and I think we already answered it. See, because I already had this question of if there was a visual representation of your mission, what would it be? <laughs> Gosh, what do you think? <laughs> it's it's a quilt.
1: Yes. I but, love
0: yeah. that idea. And do you have any? I mean, I just, I, I see that being a, a great way of explaining what you do. I love that you guys came up with that. I love that there's this amazing backstory to it. Why, thank you for this information.
1: <laughs> well, I, you know, I think, I know that there are lots of people in this community that care about the community. They care about the children in the community. They care about trying to make us better. Um and it's just bringing us together. It's aligning us, you know. So you talked about the continuum, the pipeline. There's a group in town called Ready by Twenty One. That it's a national. Movement.
0: I met. I met Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! How and, amazing! And
1: and the the point of Ready by Twenty One is to build a pipeline that's insulated across a life course, so that you have resources for children when they're young, but continue. Until they get to the point of being in college and getting ready to, to go out into the world. Right. You know, and if you do that, the, you've offered them some stability and, some, and you're helping families and you're helping us all it, it, when you do that.
0: It's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, I, and, and that's a great thing to be connected to. I didn't realize you two were connected, so that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I so look forward to your talk on December 10th. And, um, you know, we get to hear the story then. So. That's right. <laughs> Tune in. Come back. <laughs> see me chatter. You get to all hear that story. So we want to see everybody there on December 10th. You can go to TEDxGatewayArch.org for tickets. Again, you are listening to Mishmash. Find us on iTunes, M-I-C-H-M-A-S-H, and subscribe. Thank you. We'll catch you next time.